Good morning, Memphis, and welcome to the morning show. Are you guys all right? Because in the middle of the night last night, massive cellular outages reported across the country for especially those with AT&T, but also Verizon, Cricket Wireless, Boost Mobile. What about Patriot Mobile? Wonder. They, of course, sponsor the Todd Starn Show. Um, So I was unaffected by this, but there are... I mean, quite literally millions of people unable to use their cell phones this morning. I know I was talking to Dylan Dandridge, and Dylan, jump on in one moment. Let me let me share a little bit more information. Um, it is stopping some police departments from being able to receive 911 calls. That's problematic, especially in the city of Memphis. Um, according to Down Detector, AT&T seems to have experienced the largest number of issues with nearly 32,000 reports around 4.30 this morning. Um, They go on to say more than 800 service outages were reported by T-Mobile and Verizon. Um, A spokesperson for the latter, that would be Verizon, put it down to users by reporting problems. And they're saying some people are actually able to send text messages. They're just unable to call people. Now, this is terrifying to me. This is my worst nightmare. This happened to me not long ago, um, but it wasn't anything nefarious. I believe just they were doing some MLGW work, and some of the crews cut into one of the cell phone towers, and it chopped off my service, and I have a Verizon carrier. Um, So I'm unaffected. Are you guys able to even stream the show this morning? I mean, if you don't have data, if you don't have service... A lot of our listeners listen to our show online. That could be problematic. That's why we still are a big believer of AM radio. Dylan, do you have access to your phone this morning? Dude, I don't. I have the uh, the SOS thing on the top right of my corner. Um, I tried sending a text without Wi-Fi. It won't go through. On Wi-Fi, I can. But okay. I was trying to listen to music on the way to work, and I'm like, okay, well, guess I'm listening to radio. It's a weird, weird feeling, is it not? It's terrifying. It's crippling. Um, okay, so what if it was a EMP dry run? I'm not being conspiratorial this morning. I- I'm just saying we know that this could be a potential attack on our country. The whole conversation around EMPs actually scare me. But if you think about it for one moment, that is America's jugular. They take out our ability to communicate with each other. And because we are so dependent, I mean, think about it for one moment. We don't have cell phone service for 30 30 minutes and we're freaking out. We feel completely exposed and naked. This is how they do that. So do you guys think about that? Because I will tell you, when I saw this, it gave me a little bit of anxiety. As the cool kids said, no, I don't need anxiety medication. I'm not on them. And I'm not going to end up in therapy, but it is something we should all think about. I will tell you, I know especially with this generation, and it's not just Gen Z, it's not millennials, we're all hooked to our cell phones. I mean, if they were to take away my Maps app, I don't even know. My parents used to have, what was it, an Atlas? And then what was the one thing my dad would always pull up on his computer? Was it, oh man, was it Maps? TripAdvisor? And they would, before a big trip, print off the map and the directions to get from point A to point B. I know a lot of our listeners out there, that was just standard. 
eh, pull up an app, Maps or Google Maps. But Dylan, could you get, well, we could get to Nashville. I could get to, mm. well, actually, I don't know how I would get out if of this. The big sign says to Nashville, <laughs> I can get to Nashville. But other than that, probably not. As of like probably eight or nine months ago, I probably couldn't find my way home from work <laughs> without my phone. It's sad, but it's so it's such a reliant thing for our generation. It, about two weeks ago, I learned how to get downtown <laughs> yeah. using the interstate. I knew how to go from Union onto Poplar to work, but the interstates always confuse me. I know I sound weak. I know I seem a little beta, with, but I was trained. The pacifier is my phone. And I don't know how to navigate. I guess what we would have to start doing, and we'll throw it out to some of our older listeners, and older means probably people in their 40s. That's not old. But you guys remember what it was like to go to a gas station. You go to an Exxon gas station, and you ask the clerk how to get to the destination. (laughs) But Dylan, our generation, we don't know how to talk to people. That's awesome. gas station people like a concierge. So I need to know from our listeners... Are you guys able to stream this show? Are you able to send text messages? I called into the show because we have a couple guests calling in this morning. And I thought, you know, a lot of times, I don't know if we're still picked up by AT&T. We have had more problems with AT&T than anybody else. That is our mortal enemy on this radio station because we, we have, we've had multiple issues with them. So I call into the station and I was able to do that. So that is right now not an issue. So write down our telephone number and maybe you could test it. 901-260-5926. Well, I'm getting a phone call right now on air. So let me turn off my ringer. Well, I'm a Verizon user, so it's not affecting me. Your phone's working. All right, let's jump into the show. Okay. So I want to jump into the mind of the Democrat Party because our biggest threat are Democrats. And we're not talking about your grandfather's Democrats. We're not talking about those ones. I grew up in, I would say, Appalachia. A lot of coal miners. Oh, we're getting a phone call. This is very exciting. Call into the morning show to make sure your phone works. We'll, we'll do a diagnostic test on it. So back to my train of thought. Growing up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and my dad was a pastor, most of the, the parishioners were Democrats. And they had voted Democrat their entire life. And what's interesting is we saw a shift in their mindset post-Obama. A lot of them voted for Obama in 2008. They did not vote for Obama in 2012 because they saw his destructive policies. Then Trump came along and all of these Democrats walked away because Trump was not your typical politician. He was a man of the people. What we've seen since is a growing group of radical progressives quite literally hijack the Democrat Party, which for Republicans is a great opportunity. So I want to go into some of their thinking and we'll talk about crime and how Democrats are approaching the topic of crime here in the city. So Amber Sherman is not just a radical activist. She is a top Democratic strategist. She's with the Democrat Party. She speaks for them often. She also chaired the Young Democrat Party uh, and their, their chapter here in the city of Memphis. Oftentimes we say these radical activists, 
they are also the speaking heads for modern day Democrats. So Amber sits down with Veterans for Peace Radio Hour, which is uh, whoosh. They make regular Democrats look like Marjorie Taylor Greene. And so for the month of February, of course, it's Black History Month. They sat down with a black woman. And here was the description of the podcast. Today, we try to remember black history. And at the same time, we talk to a black lady trying to make history. Amber Sherman, a Democratic activist, joins us to talk about local, national, international, and political issues facing us today. Without further ado, let's check into their conversation with, again, a top Democrat in Memphis, Amber Sherman. Cut 13. In Gaza, in Tennessee, in Ukraine, in the White House, in the state legislature. Um, I feel like there isn't enough attention on what's happening in Palestine. And I think it's disgusting that our government is using our tax dollars to fund it. Um, And similarly, in Tennessee, I think it's disgusting that the government is using our tax dollars to build a a cop city here. Um, I think it's disgusting that they are pushing back against local reforms that have been passed uh, with legislation like SB 2572 that would make it where we can't um, pass local police reforms um, because the state doesn't want them. And I think that that is a, it's a huge governmental overreach. There's a lot of bail and criminal justice bills this session. These white men specifically, because that's the majority of um, the Tennessee House and Senate, don't want to approach crime in the way that would actually resolve anything. So the natural pivot is to blame white old men in the Tennessee House of Representative and the Senate, of course, talking about our supermajority over in Nashville. She then goes on to talk about the Tennessee GOP passing legislation, and it is to not address crime at all. It's to make white folks in the 901 in an uproar, in a tizzy about what is the reality, which is crime is up in every single category. But the crime is actually not rising in the words of Amber Sherman and folks like Tammy Sawyer. It is just a talking point to get white folks upset and stir their white supremacy. Right. This is what they're saying. And she goes on to address this and she flushes it out a little bit more. Take a listen. Cut 12. These white men specifically, because that's the majority of um, the Tennessee House and Senate, don't want to approach crime in the way that would actually resolve anything because we actually give black folks like the folks in Memphis. Um, which is the majority of Memphis, political power or any kind of economical power, which gives them political power, then we would have more actual power to make decisions. And so they win by keeping us in poverty and keeping us in jail um, and keeping surveillance on us and other tactics. All I've seen this session is Tennessee legislature pushing no real data, horrible statistics that don't even exist, talking points, sensationalized talking points to get the white folks going and not doing anything that actually resolves crime. And all they do is talk about crime. Like, that's the only issue happening in Memphis. It is not. Okay. Is it just white folks concerned about crime? Well, let's check in with Tanya Bali, who spoke to Action News 5. There was a big crime summit the DA hosted, first one of the year. And here is what she had to say. Tanya, let me just be very clear, is not a white woman in Memphis. She's black and she's saying this. Cut 18. People are dying out here. 
I sit in my backyard and I hear a war zone. We've got to understand people are dying here every day. We need a sense of urgency and we just don't have it. We just don't have it. But if you're just putting your child in the street to commit crimes, you have to be held responsible. Just like they did in Michigan with that young man, their parents are being held responsible for that mass shooting. We need to have that here as well. Mm. Yeah, it kind of goes against the narrative, Amber Sherman, Tennessee Democrats, Memphis Democrats, folks like Tammy Sawyer, but they are now the new Democratic Party. Want to go to our phone lines real quick before we scoot to break. We'll be taking your calls throughout the morning show. David in Memphis wanting to talk about the massive power outages affecting, and I guess cellular outages across the nation. David, what's on your mind? What can you tell us? So, you know, y'all were talking about that this morning. I happen to be an amateur radio operator, ham radio, and those those systems do not rely on the Internet or cell phones, and they work when nothing else works. Ham radio, of course, being the original social media, because whenever you talk on it, everybody hears you. But it's a great way to get a it's a great way to in an emergency to have communications. I just kind of everybody can go get their amateur radio license. And on a day like today, you still have contact with your family. Most of my family has their radio license and it's with just an emergency backup plan. Real quick, because I am the amateur here, David, can you explain? Did you say ham radio? Ham radio. It's been around forever. Uh, com is the website for the American Radio Relay League. Um, hmm. I've got my license. I can talk across the U.S. if I need to. Really? Uh, I can talk lo- I can talk locally. We have what's called a repeater in the area, and the repeater increases coverage in the area, and I can talk all over Memphis, pick up my radio and talk all over Memphis. Uh, your engineer, Chuck, is a ham radio operator, I believe. Um, hmm. anyway, so, so it's, it's a great emergency backup. I mean, if the class is easy, uh, to, to start, it's, it's just a great way, uh, you know, to keep in contact with somebody in an emergency if you have to. Wow. Well, Dave, like, go ahead. It's kind of like, it's kind of like CB radio, except that you have to have a license. It's a little cleaner and a little clearer and you can get more distance out of it. Well, you don't have to learn Morse code anymore. Oh, that's good, because I can tell you right now, David, I would be failing the Morse code class. Uh, So, David, thank you for calling in. Also, for inferring Chuck, the chief engineer here at KWIP. I will ask him about that a little bit later when he comes into the station. Dylan, we learn something new every single day on the morning show. How about that? Great information. Great information. I bet a lot of our listeners have some tips and advice for what to do in this kind of situation. Yeah, and we would love to hear from you. Like David just called in, you can. 901-260-5926. 901-260-5926. More on the other side. Don't go away. Welcome back to the morning show as we follow this nationwide cell phone outage affecting millions and millions of people. Um, But specifically right here in the city of Memphis calms down for Memphis. And I mean, we've been just getting so many different messages of people really concerned about this. I will highlight what David said, the importance of having access to radio. Um, This is why we still believe in it. There will be people that say, well, it is a dinosaur. 
But where do people go when comms go down? Communication and your ability your ability to jump on your cell phone, which we are now all dependent on, get that information. You go to the place that works and is still able to broadcast information, and that is right here on KWAM. So we will be following this throughout the morning. I know we're talking to our chief engineer, just wanting to make sure you are in good hands, as a lot of people are concerned about this. And right now, we don't know a lot of information about what sparked and what caused this nationwide cellular outage. But again, last check, it is... Specifically focused and affecting, excuse me, AT&T customers, but not those only. Verizon, T-Mobile, also a couple other carriers are experiencing very similar outages. So if you have questions, you can call into the morning show and we will get our chief engineer, Chuck Condren, who knows much of what he speaks. I mean, the guy has been in this industry in broadcasting signals and transmitters and broadcasting really important information his entire life. So that is a great tool that we have in our arsenal in times like this. And we'll keep you updated as we get more information. Write down our telephone number, 901-260-5926. Number again, 901-260-5926. As I was saying in the last segment, there was a big forum on public safety where the district attorney addressed concerned citizens. And despite what top Democrats will tell you, they were not white folks concerned and upset that their crime is going to hell. I looked at most of the video and the photos coming out of this um, forum, which took place at Southbrook Mall. 99% of them were black Memphians. Here's what the district attorney told Action News 5. Take a listen. 17. Well, I don't know about other leaders, but I definitely have a sense of urgency because I hear about it every day. I know that we're in a crime crisis. That's why I convened the Crime Summit. That's why I'm working so hard on the Violent Crime Initiative and the rehabilitative efforts that I'm hoping will reduce their repeat offender rate. It's the first thing I think about when I wake up in the morning. It's the last thing I think about when I go to bed at night. Crime is the first thing that D.A. Mulroy thinks about when he stretches in the morning. Hits the alarm clock and rolls out of his bed in his bathrobe, puts on his bunny slippers. He's thinking about crime and it is urgent for our district attorney. It must be because as you heard Tanya, she disagrees. She says that there is no urgency in the way that our mayor, Paul Young, our district attorney, our Shelby County Mayor Lee Harris is tackling the issue of crime. We'll play that audio one more time because I think it is important to hear the cries of all Memphians, not just white or black Memphians, because again, the city loves to divide our city along racial lines. Cut 18. People are dying out here. I sit in my backyard and I hear a war zone. We've got to understand people are dying here every day. We need a sense of urgency and we just don't have it. We just don't have it. But if you're just putting your child in the street to commit crimes, you have to be held responsible. Just like they did in Michigan, with that young man, their parents are being held responsible for that mass shooting. We need to have that here as well. She is referring to legislation Senator Brent Taylor has proposed, and it moved through a committee earlier this week that would tie children's crimes to their AWOL parents. 
And I think it's a good idea. I really do. Um, So the district attorney, I wrote down a couple bullet points from this forum that he held. He says that to address the crime epidemic we're seeing, he hopes to see the open carry law amended because he believes that is one of the most driving factors to the out of control crime in our city. It is the guns that are the leading cause of crime. It is not the people behind the guns pulling the triggers, right? We could not place any responsibility at the foot and the feet of violent perpetrators. Here was his quote. There have been talks about passing a local option law that would allow individual counties, that would be Shelby County, to opt out of Tennessee's permitless carry. Problems that they have in Middle Tennessee are just not the same in Memphis. Do you believe if we get rid of guns that we will see gun violence, as they like to say, crime drop in this county? Again, this is a district attorney who says the first thing he thinks about when he wakes up in the morning is crime. The second thought he has is to take your gun away to curb it. Do you think that will actually solve the crime problem in our city? Yes or no? 901-260-5926. 901-260-5926. Again, take your calls. Any questions you have about this nationwide outage of a lot of AT&T cellular devices, we'll also take those as well. Because again, in times of questions and chaos, this is the place where the city of Memphis goes for answers. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the morning show as we continue to follow what is rather odd, bizarre, um, has a lot of people concerned that they're unable to make any phone calls this morning. Again, it's interesting because what I'm starting to see and trying to gather any information I can, again, welcome back to the morning show, is that some people are able to send a text message. Is that true? Dylan had said earlier in the show that he was able to, uh, because phones right now are giving them an SOS message, which would prevent someone from making any calls, even to 911. Again, this started in the middle of the night. Um, reports 32,000 customers uh, and, and well beyond that, but that was the reports that started coming in around 4.30 this morning. That, according to a data tracker by the name of Down Detector. Um, it reports all of these outages across the the country. What would typically take place is a user would submit an error to the platform. They report that information, and that's the last I saw, um, again, at 4.30 this morning. So the big concern is for many police departments, it's preventing them from being able to receive 911 calls, which is obviously hugely problematic. So we'll be trying to understand as we continue, and this is all happening live. A lot of people, you jump online. It is the number one story. Uh, we'll get to the bottom of it, and we'll do it all together. So definitely don't turn off the radio. If you have any questions, if you have concerns, um, write down our telephone number, phone those in. We're working with our chief engineer to answer some of our listeners' questions. Chuck is an expert, and in times like this, we need the the experts on the phone lines. So 
5926-901-260-5926. So I have an issue with Tennessee House Republicans, and I mentioned this at the very end of the show yesterday, and it's got to stop because it, it involves what we saw Saturday with the, I guess, neo-Nazis that were on the, the steps of the state house. And I called it. I said, do not take the bait, Republicans, because Tennessee Democrats are linking you to Nazis, which is a farce. Republicans are not Nazis. We've not been Nazis. If you want to talk about haters of the Jewish population, it is progressives. We've seen that in post-October 7th and what happened to the state of Israel. Since then, we've seen these pro-Hamas demonstrations break out across the country. It happened right here in the city of Memphis. And what I said was these activists that are now legislators, and that bothers me, and you have no idea, is they're going to use this to fundraise. Justin Pearson, Justin Jones, they will end up on MSNBC by tomorrow morning. And that's exactly what happened. And take a listen to this. Justin Jones was on what what MSNBC, Jen Psaki has a show. Remember her? The red-haired girl that was the White House spokes press secretary. Or the press secretary for the Biden administration when it first started. Here was that conversation. And we'll come back and get into it. Take a listen and cut for. I mean, Tennessee Democrats are calling for um, a legislative response to this. Um, what exactly are you proposing? I mean, what, what could be done? I mean, is there any chance that there's a super majority, of course, a super Republican majority? Yeah, I mean, what we need is we need reflective action. We need intentional action. Words are nice. A resolution would be nice. But we cannot just condemn this by saying we condemn these, this through words. We have to look at the policies being perpetuated in the Tennessee House. We are the same state house that has banned books about black history and banned books um, about um, you know LGBTQ community members. This is the same state house that made it so that adoption agencies could, could discriminate against Jewish couples um, because they're religiously based. This is the same state house that has made it so that one in five black men in Tennessee cannot vote. This is the same state house that has perpetuated hate and vitriol um, against immigrants. Just this week, having members stand on the floor and say that there's an invasion at the southern border. This is the hate that leads to hateful actions. Hateful words lead to hateful actions. And so I want my Republican colleagues to do a lot of reflection. You know, let us see oh, how they are complicit in, in amplifying this behavior. Let them also repent and change course now. There's still time because this is not the fringe of their party. I'm, I'm sad to say, Jen, this is what they have centered in their party. These are the voices that they have centered. This is the voices that their policies align with many of these hate groups. If you look at their political agendas, it's the same exact agenda. That there's this great replacement theory, this fear of America changing. And I want to say to these white supremacist groups that we are not afraid of you, that we represent a new South. That is multiracial. That is multigenerational. That is multi-faith. And as the youngest black lawmaker in our state and with the most diverse district in our state, I am proud to represent a community that represents a new South, not like the vision of the KKK that was founded here in 1866, but a vision like those of these young people during the civil rights movement who said that there could be a different type of Tennessee and a different type of America. Uh, Tennessee State Representative Justin Jones, I, you have such a powerful voice. You never back down. You always speak out no matter what the issue is, whether it's gun violence or you're speaking out, obviously, about what you saw in the streets where you were probably just trying to enjoy your weekend. Uh, I'm so appreciative of your voice. Thank you for coming on tonight oh, and, and for always uh, uh, calling out what you <laughs> see out there. I really, really appreciate it. Get a room, you two. My God. Okay, so instead of 
combating that nonsense with some facts, what did the Republican Party do? They fell on their knees and started apologizing all over themselves. It was embarrassing. The bait was out there and they, the bait, they took the bait. Why? Because now you look like you have something to apologize for when you don't. What was it? William Lamberth, a top Republican in the state house, he presented a resolution. Then the Tennessee Faith and Freedom Coalition, they've been on the show multiple times. Yesterday, they released their own statement. They said this. We commend William Lamberth and his colleagues, including Cameron Sexton, that's the House Speaker, Jeremy Faison, Representative Mark Cochran, Johnny Garrett, and others for their swift condemnation of Nazis and that ideology. We greatly appreciate the resolution that states uh, that states that condemnation and recognizes the Tennesseans universally condemn Nazism. Nazism does not have a home in Tennessee or in the conservative movement. Never have and never has and never will. Okay. Of course it hasn't. Stop playing their game. Now you heard from Justin Jones, Amber Sherman, a top Democrat here in Memphis, took it a step further. She sat down on a podcast and here's what she had to say about white dudes being Nazis and probably the people waving those Nazi flags were law enforcement. Take a listen. Cut 10. I saw like some videos of it, um, but once again, weird white men do stuff like that all the time. They're never going to come out with their faces uncovered or, you know, actually show who they are because they're probably police officers, but it doesn't scare me. And I think there's a reason why they went to the area they went to because they, if they went to North Nashville or they went to the hood, they would have been scared. If they went somewhere random where mm-hmm. they didn't think they, you know, no one would bother them and they would be safe. Yeah, I'm sure they I'm I'm sure they stopped by Broadway in Nashville because they'd have been perfectly safe there. Okay, God. She she is such a moron, also a racist. So there was a press conference yesterday. Senator Haggerty was in town. He was in Nashville and the liberal media. What was their first question? And you heard that in that interview on MSNBC. Republicans have been calling what is happening at our southern border an invasion. And to raise concerns about what has been over 7 million illegal immigrants coming into our country leads to Nazis flooding our state house. That is the logical link. And if you disagree with that, well, that makes you a Nazi. Take a listen. The media asking Senator Haggerty if he is responsible for the Nazis coming to Tennessee. Take a listen to this. You used the word invasion uh, today and, and throughout kind of the conversation about the border. Uh, this past weekend in Nashville, we saw a march of Nazis. This is one of several incidents that have happened in Middle Tennessee in the past few months and years. Um, one of the things they were chanting was, uh, quote, deport all Mexicans. How concerned are you that uh, your rhetoric may be inspiring extremist groups um, who may themselves bring crime to Middle Tennessee communities? Well, you know, what I said is not rhetoric. It's a fact. If you presented yourself at the border and saw what we've seen, I think you would agree with us. We are being invaded at the border. Think about the numbers. Ten million people have come into this country. That's an estimate because we're not sure how many people have gotten away. Ten million people in the past three years. If that's not an invasion, I don't know what is. You heard the number of people coming from different countries. Over 150 different nationalities just through that sector. Over 175 different nationalities have been apprehended across the southern border. 
When you've got a flood of Chinese coming into this country, you've got a flood of Iranians, Syrians, as I mentioned, on this one farm, 15 Syrians, what are they doing here? What, what is their purpose? I so think we have a national security war. risk. We have a national <laughs> security risk that's greater than we have ever seen. Go check what Chris Ray, the FBI director, said. Since October the 7th, the number of red lights that have come on in terms of national security risk to Americans on our own soil has been like he's never seen since 9-11. That's how it's done. Okay, grow a spine, Republicans. That is how you combat stupidity. Don't fall for the trap. Don't take the bait and throw it back in their face. Senator Bill Haggerty appears to me needs to have a workshop with a lot of these state legislators and how it's done because that was how it is done. Going to take your calls. We'll get into some of your comments and we'll take a breather. Have some fun on the other side. Our number 901-260-5926. Number again, 901-260-5926. And by the way, there is an invasion at the southern border. Does that make me a Nazi? No. We'll be right back. Getting a statement um, from AT&T on the nationwide outages affecting so many of their customers. I'll read that real quick. Some of our customers expressing wireless service interruptions this morning were currently working urgently to restore service to them. We encourage the use of Wi-Fi calling until service is restored. That is all we're getting from AT&T. And again, we will keep you updated if there is, um, you know, and I was looking at a story, um, for example, in San Francisco, they're reporting so many issues in their police departments right now that they are unable to actually receive, especially in San Fran, right? Of all the places, that is where you need access to your 911 operator. Uh, just can't get through. So again, we will follow what we can get our hands on as far as any information. Um, some tips. Um, sheriff departments across the country are sharing information on how to call in for emergency services if 911 is not working for you. Um, and we'll share some of those tips. I know Dylan Dandridge is working on that. And we will, again, give you that information as we follow up. A follow-up on a story that I shared with you yesterday, and it's a weirder one. Um, it's demented. It is wrong in every sense of the word. There was a mom in town. This I would not call her mom. She was an abusive mom. Story got picked up nationwide. Her name was Jasmine Moss. She appeared in court for the first time yesterday. Why? Well, her daughter was working with her. Her daughter was helping wax females that were naked at her business, her LLC, which turns out, according to some state records, there was no LLC. This was not an actual legit business. So it started over the weekend when Memphis police officials released a statement saying they had gotten over 80 complaints that Jasmine, the mom, had posted a photo of her daughter, her five-year-old little girl, waxing adult women. Again, very indecent images. And so since then, she has been arrested, mugshot, whole thing, shows up in court yesterday, received a very popular defense attorney, 
We talk about him often, Blake Ballin. So Blake is now representing this mom, and he says, this is not really your typical child abuse, because in his words, typically there must be physical harm to that child. I would disagree with the defense and say that, what are we talking about, physical abuse? This is clearly a case of psychological, mental, and sexual abuse of this five-year-old little girl. Here is Blake Ballin yesterday after court, cut 15. I have not seen the actual posts. I would assume they've been taken down. It's something that the state will have to turn over to us. So we'll look at that and see if what they can prove meets the definition of the law they've charged her with. And I think that's the big question here. We will do our investigation, some factual investigation I need to do, some uh, some legal research I need to do. This is sort of an unusual way to charge this as child abuse or neglect, which uh, generally requires some definite harm to a child, usually requires injury, something like that. So uh, we've got our work cut out for us and we're looking forward to, uh, to defending her. Uh, we'll let the judge know if we are able to come up with some kind of resolution or if we need to have a preliminary hearing where the witnesses will have to come testify. Oh, so it could end up where the witnesses, some of the customers of this business um, that were in there being waxed by a five-year-old will have to take the stand. That will be uncomfortable. But I have a question to the actual customers. So in the caption, because the mom posted the photos on Instagram and she said, look at my daughter's work ethic. She's going to be set up for success working in my business. And all of this money she's made in one day, it was $700, is going to go for like her college fund. And anything she needs, well, I think that money will be needed for therapy. If you're asking my opinion. But all of the 24-plus women that were being waxed that day when the images were released, how did they not have an issue with that? I mean, if I walk in there, and again, this is all hypothetical because I'm not getting a wax. (laughs) And I sit down in the chair, and the person giving me the wax is a kid. I'm not only going to feel real uncomfortable, real quick, I'm going to call the police. I'm going to say, we have an issue at Jasmine's business. So, again, we'll be following following this bizarre, bizarre story again. I refuse to call her a mom because a true mom would not do this. And just unbelievable. And we'll follow that. Uh, we do have our chief engineer, Chuck Condren, on our phone line this morning. Let's get Chuck on. We'll wrap up this segment with him. Chuck, a lot of people concerned that they are unable to Send out a text message, phone in. Of course, this is the nationwide cellular outages affecting the the country, Chuck. Well, um, that is bad. Is it all carriers or just certain carriers? It's it's AT&T and the outages coming in early this morning. We had one of our listeners, David, and if David would want to call out, uh, call back into the morning show, he he highlighted you and your knowledge of ham radio, the ability to still be able to get information through these different types of transmitter devices. Um, so a lot of people right now just wanting to get information, but unable to do so when they cannot get on their phone right now. Well, um, yeah, so, so you have... Um you know, certainly the radio station like the Mighty 990 with um, our news coverage and weather coverage, there's always those alternatives. 
and uh, there are. Um, and we lost Chuck. I, I guess case in point. So we'll try to get Chuck back on um, the morning show and follow that conversation. Um, again, getting some messages on our Stop Memphis Crime about this. People wondering what's going on. We're getting to any information we can. We just heard from we just heard from AT&T reading some of your comments. Some saying they have Verizon and things are fine. Dylan, I know you have AT&T. Your phone was not fine coming in. So we'll, again, just be following this um, throughout the morning. Antonio writing this on our Facebook page. My phone is still out. Donna says her phone is fine. Um, so, yeah, let's talk to Chuck real quick. He was finishing a thought, then we'll then we'll come back and take a break. Chuck, as you were saying, uh, just different resources right now. Yes. Um, so there are uh, companies, uh, certainly on Amazon, you can order uh, these weather radios. You can order uh, uh, some cheap little police scanners and that kind of thing. Um, you can do what we do at the radio station. You can have, if your internet's up, you can use Skype to actually place the call. They do charge $10, I think, a year for that service, but, you know, it's pretty handy. All right. We'll, we'll just have to move on. Um, see your call, David. David called in earlier with some really information. Guys, we'll get that information from david we'll get him on at the top of the hour we'll wrap up this segment go to break and come back with as many updates as we can as a lot of people are just asking what the hell is going on um no need to panic we'll get through it together again great reminder why radio still exists because when a lot of things go down we're still up so go right now and if you can listen to us on your radio Many people unable to stream on their phone this morning unless you do have access to Wi-Fi. But again, with AT&T providing a lot of Wi-Fi, we've seen outages there as well. 901-260-5926. 901-260-5926 is our telephone number. On the other side of the break, we are going to be joined by the chairman of Tennessee Young Republicans. Great, great patriot. Also expecting a call from Philip Spinoza. Memphis City Councilman at 8.35 this morning. Your top local, state, and national headlines also right around the corner. Go grab some coffee. We'll see you on the other side. No seven nine FM nine ninety AM KWAM Memphis, a Starnes Media Group station. Breaking news now on the mighty 990 AM KWIN. And welcome back to the second hour of the morning show as we continue to follow uh, this massive cellular service outage across the country where tens of thousands of Americans are struggling contacting law enforcement agencies, contacting loved ones. Um, This started earlier this morning in the middle of the night. If I look at the service map for AT&T, and that is going to be the biggest carrier right now that is, is struggling with these outages, it's mostly impacting people in Houston, Atlanta, San Antonio, Miami, 
Dallas, Indianapolis, Louisville, Kentucky. If you look at the map, you'll see in red the hot spots, but it is also affecting thousands of customers right here in the Mid-South. As a matter of fact, um, in the last hour, I had thrown out our telephone number if you want to call into the morning show. Give us an update. Have you been able to send out a text message? Do you have to connect to Wi-Fi? And one of our listeners said, we tried calling in. We couldn't get you guys. So we'll be following this throughout the morning, watching Down Detector, which is a really great tool in showing you and us um, where these outages are really impacting more customers. Also got this statement about 40 uh, minutes ago, roughly, um, AT&T releasing not much information, but they did say this. Some of our customers are experiencing wireless service interruptions. We're working urgently to restore service to them. We encourage the use of Wi-Fi calling until service is restored. But what if you don't have access to Wi-Fi? That is the question a lot of people are asking. Want to go back to our phone lines because we had a great conversation with one of our listeners, David, who is an expert in this. And he was sharing some helpful information. In times like these, people panic and they shouldn't because there are other ways to get information. David, thank you for joining us in hour number two. Yeah, good morning. Uh, you know what an expert is, right? Someone that knows a lot more than me, and that's why I'm talking to you. No, it's the drip that has been, but anyway. <laughs> so you were talking to us about ham radio and the importance of radio just in general. Um, flesh that out for these new listeners that join us in hour number two of Morning Drive. So ham radio, also known as amateur radio, is a, is and there are local groups all through Memphis. There's the Delta Radio Club. There's the Neshoba Radio Club. There's MARA. Ham radio is you go and you get a license, and you're able to talk locally or across the country or even across the world, depending on what kind where your license is and what kind of equipment you have. Locally, if you want to listen to some of the, the ham radio locally, you can go to a program on the Internet, if you've got Internet, called Radio Reference. And you can click on there, and you can go through, and that allows you to listen to ham radio uh, and the police and the fire if they're if they've got a system up running. But the the ham radio is independent of the internet. Our repeaters, our radio stations don't work through the internet on the very basic level. There are some that do, but most of our stuff doesn't work through the internet. Mm-hmm. In in Memphis, there happens to be a, a repeater called the, the one forty six eight two repeater. Which is which the antenna sits way up in the air and it can talk all the way to Jackson, Tennessee, in a, in a 900 mile radius of Memphis. So that's one way. That's one way to, to to talk locally. Amateur radio is the is the original social media. You get on there, everybody can hear what you say. There's you uh, by federal law, you can't encrypt or hide any messages. But it. Like even during the hurricane season, and and I'll turn on my radio and monitor. Somebody's down in Florida or on the Gulf Coast, and they start calling Memphis. Then I can answer for Memphis and, and pass on messages. Uh, we did original messaging through that way. Uh, you can pass on messages. We have radio telegrams and stuff like that. Um, if you'll remember in, in old episodes of Mash, for, for those of us who are older. There was an an area in there where Hawkeye had to call his dad, and they used MARS, which stands for Military Affiliated Radio Service, and they would relay messages around the country and all of that stuff. Hmm. 
That's just, it, 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 and coming up this summer, the last weekend in June, there'll be Amateur Radio Field Day if you want to learn more about it. And it'll be in Germantown uh, at the park behind City Hall, but you can come and talk on the radio and you can learn all a bunch of a lot of basics about it. Uh, wow, you know, that's I'll, interesting. I'll, I, I, I'm going to sound like much of an amateur in this case because I had someone say, is it similar to a walkie-talkie system? Because <laughs> <laughs> in some ways it kind of sounds like you can ditch the phone and circumvent. Um, yes, you can. You, it is a walk, you have walkie-talkies, you have radios in your car, um, and then you have radios in your house. So, uh, as I said earlier, most of my family has their amateur license and they're carrying around their walkie-talkies this morning. And then I have mine, and if I need, and they have theirs on, and if I need to talk to them, we use a call sign, and we call each other and say, "Hey, are you okay? You need anything? What's going on?" And I can, like I said, hundred mile radius of Memphis, I can be anywhere and talk to them. Wow! If I need to talk farther, then I get onto the mobile radio, and I get even more distance. And then if it gets really bad, I can get to the base radio and, and relay messages around the country. Hmm. Uh, real quick before we let you go, and really appreciate that information, radioreference.com. Do I have that right? Yes. Okay. Radio reference. And you go through and you pick, you would pick for, I think, if I remember how it goes, you pick the state, the county, and then you pick the service you're looking for fire, police, amateur radio. And it could be amateur radio or ham radio. And then there are several repeaters, but the 14682 repeater is the biggest one. Right. We also have a hookup with the National Weather Service that in times of um, severe weather, amateur radio operators go out and report on some of these weather conditions uh, for, the, for the National Weather Service. We're to become some of their eyes and ears for that. So. Mm. Well, really do appreciate that helpful critical information and again radio reference the world's largest radio communications data management and media provider and in times where media providers are failing this might be a great tool david thank you yes sir anytime all right let's go back to our phone lines we've been asking our listeners have you been able to make those phone calls send those texts john calling in from memphis this morning john what's the update Hey Ben, this this is John. Uh, I enjoy your show every morning. Um, I I had Patriot Mobile, and and uh, and yes, somebody had Patriot. Well, I do. It's been a great service for me. I'm able to uh, um, to call Arkansas. Um, I'm able to text um, to, uh, people that are out. Uh, I can't call them, but I can I can text them. That but I just can't talk to them. Um, but I just want to let the listeners know that that uh, yeah, I do have Patriot. It's been a great service. Huh? Um, well, we're big fans of Patriot. Know. Go ahead. Um, I I just I just have a weird feeling this just might be a, a test for future uh, for somebody to knock out our our uh, communication systems. You know, big time. I think. I think this just might be, you know, maybe a terrorist test. I don't know. What minimum, Uh, John, is a reminder to have a backup, right? Yeah, it is. I love the idea of of ham radio, and I'm really going to look into that, look into taking those classes. uh, I'm trying to get get my family on board with that. But, uh, yeah, this this is scary. This is scary stuff. If you can't communicate with your family or anybody, you just don't know what's going on. And I, I just think everybody should be aware. But, but uh, uh, you know, I'm thankful I have Patriot. I got into you, you guys with it. And uh, and uh, it's been a great service for me. 
And uh, so many people have to consider, you know, what's working. Um, AT&T, uh, I don't know, I guess they're the biggest carrier. Is, and for something like this to happen, it, it, it shouldn't have happened. There should have been all kinds of safeguards for something for something like this. But it's but it's happening, and, and I fear that this is just a test for a future communications knockout. Well, you know, that's my thought. But, uh, well, John, appreciate the call, and you know what I'm going to do? I am going to cut this and send this over to my boss, Todd Starnes, who gets a, a great sponsorship from Patriot Mobile. They have a great partnership. And would I be? It would be. I would be remiss if I didn't plug that. Um, you can go to Patriot Mobile, a proud partner with the Todd Starn Show, and if you do, use that promo code Todd for free activation. John, appreciate the call. Thank you guys very much. Thank you. All right. So, as promised, we'll be following this throughout the morning show. Um, just taking your calls live, and we'll get through it together. All right. That's what we do on. This morning show with KWAM in the case of breaking news, what a lot of people have questions and real ones and concerns, they come to the place providing information. We are getting information on our, our social media pages. By the way, I did reach out to the Shelby County Sheriff's Department and I am asking for a backup number in the case that they are struggling with their law enforcement agencies being able to get to operators Yada, yada, um, because we've seen this across the country. So when I get that number, I will bring that to you live and on air. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the morning show on a very, very busy news day. I will read a comment or two. Katrina writing this on our Facebook page um, concerning the cellular outages Affecting millions of people across the nation, but right here, thousands of AT&T customers not able to make those important phone calls this morning. She writes, I'm on Verizon, also through Patriot Mobile. We have a huge Patriot Mobile audience out there, and I will I will use this again to pl- uh, plug a great patriotic company in America that shares your values. They sponsor the Todd Stern Show that we love, that you guys love from 11 to to 2 o'clock our time. You can subscribe. You can get joined into that network. And to do that, it's as simple as going to their website, patriotmobile.com backslash Todd Starnes. And when you do use that promo code Todd. Want to go to our phone lines right now. Very excited to have a conversation with a great patriot in the state of Tennessee. Chairman of the Tennessee Young Republicans, Stevie Giorno, joins us live. Thank you for joining the morning show. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on today. So we're going to jump into a couple topics, but as we are right around the corner from Super Tuesday, how's the enthusiasm with Young Republicans as we go into our primary? Well, I think we're going to have a larger-than-usual turnout. You know, usually people don't vote in the primaries, however... I think there are going to be a lot of people that want to get out and show their support for President Trump, you know, with everything going on in New York and Georgia. I think a lot of people are very upset, particularly young people who kind of see this sham of a trial go and find hundreds of millions of dollars for something that's 
you know, has no victims, where the banks were happy and he fulfilled his his duty of what he was obligated to do. And so I think a lot of people think this is unfair. Yeah. Um, having a, that is persecuting people. Yeah, um, it, it's a huge, huge concern. And I think not only are young people turned off by some of these legal challenges presenting the former president of the United States, but also black voters are turning away from the Democrat Party. And I know we sit in Shelby County. You represent all of the young Republicans in the state of Tennessee. We have seen this as well, Stevie, where you are seeing more and more black Democrats walk away. And when you look at the top issues for voters in this election cycle, number three is crime. And if you look at a blue city in America, you will find a rogue Democrat prosecutor. Is it any wonder then, Stevie, that these people that are fed up with crime are leaving the Democrat Party? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, look at what's been happening for the last four years. The defund the movement has spikes and surges throughout the country. You know, people want a safe environment to live. They want a safe environment for their kids. And you know, they see the Republican Party as being the party of law and order, while the Democrat Party wants to legalize crimes of all sorts. I mean, look what's happening in Chicago and New York. People are feeling eight merchandise at stores and being allowed to leave. I mean, what, what do we expect is going to happen? Of course, people are going to not only leave those cities, but they're going to leave the party that is allowing that to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, new polling out just yesterday, which I found very interesting because we've seen multiple polls suggesting that for voters, President Biden's age is a problem. There's no way of putting the lipstick on this pig. Uh, so Quinnipiac with a poll showing that nearly 70 percent of voters in America say Biden is too old to serve. There was one that came out last week. 83% of Americans believe the guy is not fit to be the next commander-in-chief. I cannot tell you, Stevie, the last time we've seen 83% of Americans agree on something, specifically young people that don't want someone who is unable to actually walk up the steps of his presidential plane back in the Oval Office. Well, that's exactly right. You know, it's 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 a it's a shame and it's a tragedy that our country has gotten to this point. You know, I feel very bad for the current president. I think it is wrong what his family is doing to him. I think it's wrong what the Democrat Party is doing to him. He's clearly not well, and it's really unfortunate that you know they're propping him up, sort of as a puppet, and they're controlling the strings, and it's costing our country not only now but it will severely cost us in the future. I mean, look what's going on in Afghanistan and look at what's happening with Taiwan and what's happening in Ukraine. This is because our president, unfortunately, has a diminished mental capacity and he shouldn't be the president. And if it was, you know, if it was up to me, he wouldn't be president, you know, with the, the 25th Amendment. And I just wish that the vice president and the cabinet thought that way as well. But it's truly a shame what's happening, and I think it's very sad. It's a sad state of affairs in our country. One thing I will give props to that administration, and it's I feel two ways about it, because you have an administration speaking outside both sides of its mouth. On one hand, they are saying that Chinese-owned companies like TikTok are a, a problem, right? Because they are 
gathering information from uh, their users and selling it to the CCP. And that is problematic. And we've seen bipartisan agreement on this issue concerning the concerns around TikTok, which is a wildly so uh, popular social media app for young people. On the other hand, and out the other side of the mouth, though, Stevie, they put the president, who is incapable of forming a sentence in front of a TikTok camera, and now they're taking POTUS to a younger audience. Why I feel conflicted on this is because it is effective to take a message right to young people where they are at. And my concern is that Democrats do know how to play some chess on this and effectively communicating their message to Gen Z, to millennials. Whereas I see some issues with the Republican Party. And I'll let you share if you have those concerns. And if you do have those concerns, what what do we need to be doing to sell our bill of goods, which are good, to folks like you and I? Well, absolutely. Well, I think the Republican Party needs to change. Uh, I'm very pleased that, you know, in a few weeks or hopefully soon, Ronald McDaniel will, will no longer be the uh, chair of the RNC. I think we've got to take a few pages from the Democrat playbook because they are so effective at using social media to incentivize young voters. You know, something I was reading earlier was that, you know, of course, the Democrats are promising student loan relief again. Uh, to people. Uh, and I think that that is a great way for them to buy votes. Uh, I don't think that's fair at all to the people who have worked hard to either not go to college and went into skilled trades and didn't have loans or people that, you know, paid back their loans and made the responsible choice. But I, I do worry that the Democrats are very successful at, you know, whether it's encouraging young people through social media or, you know, having influencers go to the White House and do videos with the president, you know, that's what gets young people out to vote. I mean, look at the effects that Taylor Swift has had, you know, on our culture. Look at any athlete or any celebrity. You know, young people will vote for people that, you know, they're, they're, they're celebrities and their favorite athletes are voting for. And that's just something that we've got to fix with our messaging because our our policies are correct. But I think the way that Republicans market those policies are not the best ways that we could be doing that. And I think a lot of young people don't want to vote for us because our messaging is not as effective as as the Democrat Party. Yeah, yeah, there's no question, which was a huge headline. And I appreciate you bringing that up where the Biden administration expected to cancel another one point two billion dollars of student loans in the face of our Supreme Court saying that is unconstitutional. And he said, oh, tough luck. I'm doing it anyhow, because this is how we buy votes. And it is effective. It's wrong. It's illegal. But there is nothing legal about this administration. Before we wrap up, this is interesting for our listeners to add a little bit of uh, 3D to who you are. Not only are you the chairman of Tennessee Young Republicans, you are also going to potentially be a delegate for President Trump, which is very exciting. Our audience, we're, we're big fans of President Trump. Well, I am as well. He's uh, Fortunately, he's going to be in Nashville a little later today, so I'll have the, the privilege of seeing him. Uh, but you are right. I am running at large uh, across the entire state as a delegate for Trump. Uh, on the ballot, it is my full name, Stephen Tyler Giorno, and I'd love to have your support and the support of your audience. All right. Well, tell the president, if you talk to him, that we said hi. That's so, so neat. Um, And again, I appreciate your unwavering support.
for a guy who needs it because I'm tired of people like Ronna McDaniel and the Nikki Haley's of the world saying, uh, it's too much, too much baggage. No, as I said on the show yesterday, Stevie, they do it to President Trump. They will do it to you. Thanks for dropping by. Thanks. All right. On the other side of the break, we'll jump into more of your headlines. Again, as we follow this breaking news that unfolded in the middle of the night where thousands of people are without cellular service in this area, specifically those AT&T customers. Um, I will tell you, I have not heard back from the Shelby County Sheriff's Department yet. I sent them a message uh, for those wanting a 911 backup. Um, what number would they call? And when we get that information, because they haven't released anything on their social media pages at this moment again, Maybe it's early in the morning for their comps team, but when we get that information, you all will be the first to know. In the meantime, go to our website and our social media pages. We'll update you there as well. We'll be right back. All right, so according to the White House press poll, President Biden is wearing different sneakers because he is unable to walk around in his normal loafers. This is we learned that his dog, which one, Commander, they keep on having to sell their dogs because they keep on biting the staffers in the White House. Um, New alleged incidents of Biden's dog biting uh, over 24 people different times. What on earth? You know what they say about dogs? They act a lot like their owners. It also shows that even the president's dog hates the president and everybody working in the Biden White House. First, I want to go over to Fox's Jackie Heinrich. She's reporting now. This is, I guess, a matter of national security. President Biden having to wear different loafers. Take a listen. Cut one. Recently, the president and the White House have been trying to sort of play off the president's age as an asset and play up his experience. Uh, But when he was boarding Air Force One to head to California at Joint Base Andrews, he had a little bit of a stumble on the stairs, uh, heading up, heading up the stairs onto Air Force One. And he was wearing these dress shoes that we haven't seen him in as much recently. They've been putting him in sneakers uh, because we had noticed that Every time he's wearing the dress shoes seems to be when he is having issues on the stairs. Uh, But he wore those shoes and had a little bit of a stumble going up the stairs. So we will be watching to see if he switches out, switches back to the brand new black hokas that uh, he was spotted wearing in Delaware this past weekend, guys. You would think his team would put, you know, some sort of a grip on those stairs and put him in different shoes. Well, Jackie, and those were the shorter stairs because I I think he used to do the full flight and the White House changed that to the the shorter version, right? Can't somebody just carry him up the stairs? I think that's an image that no one wants to see. Um, but, right. you know, typically they have him in the, the Cole Haan sneakers. They're like dress sneakers. And, yeah. I mean, let's be honest, a lot of people wear those, including on the Hill. They're, they're more comfortable. But, you know, the president, especially when he's going to events, uh, likes to wear dress shoes. And seeing him in the, the Cole Haan's has been sort of a recent development in the last six months. But for whatever reason, ditched the dress shoes yesterday and had a slight stumble. I wouldn't say it's the worst of what we've seen. Uh, but, but there's a heightened awareness whenever right. anything like this happens, guys. Well, he is 40 times two, so now they're <laughs> making a joke about it. 40 times two plus one. Okay, indeed. <laughs> All right, so that's Fox News doing a deep dive on the president's issue. Are we really having this conversation about the leader of the free world, the commander-in-chief over our armed forces? Are they going to have to put him in those Velcro shoes? <laughs> Should we put them... Dylan, maybe 
Remember the glow in the dark light up shoes that we love to wear? Yeah. That's how they, because he has handlers and the guy's always drifting off, wandering around any room he's in. So maybe because they're struggling keeping a hold of him. The next thing he knows, he wraps up an address to the nation and he's in the ba- he's in the bathroom or an ice cream shop. And so if we give him the light up shoes, is that what they're called? I, yeah. Light up shoes? Those are the coolest things ever. I think we need to give him like Star Wars light up shoes. Put flashlights on the front of his shoes. Mm. I think a cruel, cruel prank would be to give him Heelys or Wheelies. What were they called? <laughs> Heelys? <laughs> I, I loved Heelys, man. Me do. You know, Kamala Harris is a very incompetent human being, but at least she can walk in stilettos. So yeah. is I like this, to see Biden in stilettos. Mm, Maybe not, actually. We would not have a president if that were the case. You know, it is now, I guess, the litmus test of whether you should be the next commander-in-chief if you can walk in shoes, if you can walk in regular loafers, or do you need uh, the Velcro shoes that my great-great-grandpa wears? May he rest in peace. So speaking of Kamala Harris, she says she is ready to serve on day one because let me tell you right now, she expects to be the next president. (laughs) Maybe she's the one putting him up to this and she's switching out his shoes. Take a listen to Kamala Harris reporter ask if she is capable if President Biden passes away. What do you say to those concerns specifically if he had to pass the powers to you for one second, one minute, heaven forbid, and you know, I ask with all due respect, but you know, would you, are you capable, are you ready to step into the role and do whatever the country would need? absolutely ready, but thank God our president is in good shape, in good health, and is ready to lead in our second term. <laughs> she is ready to serve. I'm telling you, like, if I was Biden, I'd keep a close eye on her. And Kamala Harris in the ballroom with a lead pipe. Mm, Just, I feel like something bad could happen. The next thing we know, we wake up in a Kamala Harris administration. That's a world I refuse to wake up in. I don't know what I do. Do I move to a different country? Now I sound like Cher. I'm done. Um, Speaking of the dogs. So here's a report. CNN had another report on Biden's dogs. Take a listen to this in cut number five. We're not going to play all of it for sake of time. The Biden family's German Shepherd commander has been involved in at least 24 biting incidents involving the U.S. Secret Service, according to newly obtained documents obtained by CNN. CNN senior White House producer Betsy Klein joins us now in her lead debut. And Betsy, some incidents with commander had been previously reported, but these records paint a picture of a of a much larger issue, really. That's right, Jake. You'll remember CNN reported in the fall that the president's German Shepherd commander was involved in dozens of biting incidents that was White House personnel, members of Secret Service, resident staff, and others. And it became such a problem that the first family eventually had to send the dog to live with other family members. And after that, my colleague Camilla, Camilla DeChalice... Okay, you get the point. The dog bites everybody. <laughs> what does this say about President Biden? 24 times... 24 times. Most people, if you get bit by a dog once, they put the dog down. They exterminate the dog. And PETA, save your phone call. I mean, they're biting Secret Service agents. And, like, the whole thing... I'm just shocked that the dog has not bit the president. They're treating this dog like a Memphis criminal. (laughs) Yes. They're releasing Commander back out onto the streets. Commander needs to go to MAS. And they need to find an adoptive family for Commander. And they need to take Commander to dog school. You know what? He's probably not going on walks. That's what it is. Well, the president can't walk the exactly. dog because the dog walks President Biden. Yeah. It's the, the roles are reversed here.
Meanwhile, back home, we started the show talking about Democrats and how they address crime here. It's very different than how Republicans are addressing crime. We believe in law and order. For top Democrats to see Memphis's crime rise drop, it is to actually spike the minimum wage. Take a listen to a top Democrat here in Memphis, Amber Sherman. I want you to take a listen to her solution of how we are going to address crime. Cut 11. Amber, I think we all know the answer, but how would you stop crime? I would pass a universal base income. Um, I would increase the federal minimum wage like nationally, but locally I would increase the, the minimum wage. She's a moron. But definitely a universal base income. I think one of the biggest issues here in Memphis is that we complain about crime and youth and youth committing crimes, but no one's actually listening to the youth who have said multiple times they have nothing to do. Someone was complaining on the Internet today about people doing a car meetup. And I was like, well, if you just give people a place to have the car meetup, then they won't, you know, back up traffic on a random street. But instead, we complain about it. And talk about how violent they are and say we're in Gotham City, like, which is also a dog whistle. Because it's just whistle. calling our city violent and saying that we're just, you know, way beyond, we're just beyond, you know, any kind of repair or hope. <laughs> so when we say that we are living in a war zone, that this is Gotham City, I actually think that's disrespectful to Gotham City. It is a racist trope. It is a dog whistle by white Republicans. Now, listen, Amber, these young people are not lacking for things to do. I take you to the street takeovers that we saw all weekend. They have plenty to do. And she refers to that. And the solution for her outside of raising the minimum wage, because clearly those youngsters, the thuglings, thuglets, and the thugs are strapped for cash. I mean, ignore the fact that they are wearing way nicer sneakers than I or the president. I mean, they have all Jordans on because they steal them from city gear. Ignore the fact that they all have chargers and infinities, which they stole from your grandma over at the Kroger on um, Kirby. Um, We need to raise the minimum wage because if we pay the thuglings, (laughs) if we pay them like $20 an hour or maybe as According to Karen Bass, um, is it Karen Bass, one of the folks running in California to be the next senator there, $50 an hour, we will see crime drop because, again, poverty is the systemic root of our crime problem. So, okay, build another basketball center. I think that's a great idea. Maybe pickleball. These, these thuglings look like they are great at pickleball. She's a moron. But... The morons can be useful idiots, and I'll explain why in one moment. Because they are so progressive, they have slid off the edge of the table. They are gone from the original Democratic Party, which, you know, we may disagree with their policies, but they weren't communists. These people are anarchists and communists, and so they could hand over a win to President Trump because... She's not joining, and and she is calling for all of her supporters, and she has a huge, huge following to vote third party because President Biden is just as bad as the Republicans. And she talked about this in this interview. I want you to take a listen because it's pretty fantastic and cut nine. I would say my opinion is that I don't think he's going to win. President Biden. going to win because. Do we have that? Let's play that again if we don't. Give me a thumbs up. 
All right, we'll move on. All right, 901-260-5926 is our telephone number. We will get that to you because it's really interesting audio. Um, But first, I did want to give you an update from the city of Germantown as we follow the cellular outages. This information just coming in, according to information from the Shelby County, um, Tennessee 911 Emergency Communications District, they are also experiencing issues and um, they are asking customers that are making 911 calls to text the number 911 and they could get those calls that way. I'm not exactly sure how this works, but again, I will read this press release that just came into our newsroom. According to this district concerning 911 emergency communications, they say they are having issues this morning nationwide. AT&T customers cannot make or receive voice and data calls to and from mobile, including 911 calls. So again, we'll be following this throughout the morning show. More on the other side. Don't go away. And welcome back to the morning show. Apologize about that. We have that audio and we are going to jump right back into it because I think this is going to be the biggest issue for President Biden as he seeks to bridge the gap between his very fractured party with people like Democratic activist Amber Sherman. They are really upset for a couple different reasons. They believe they've been lied to on the issue of student loan debt forgiveness and also him supporting Israel uh, because to support Israel it's is to support genocide and so she was asked if President Biden will get her vote in November and here is what she had to say tonight I would say my opinion is that I don't think he's gonna win I don't think he's gonna win because we don't fuck with genocide Joe yeah and the folks who will vote for him younger voters black women these black pastors that have come out even and say something like black folks don't agree with how he's handling this. Young folks don't agree with it. And also young people don't agree with how he lied to us. He said he would forgive our student loans. He didn't. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I will, I will say that Trump used when he was president, he used his executive orders a lot. Biden is going to be held accountable and scare tactics. People are using, they're not going to work on us. There isn't anything that's, that's happened that I, you know, have an experience. There's, there's no, they're talking about how, you know, this is going to be the end of democracy. When have we had democracy? This is going to be the end of the world. We know it. When have I experienced equity or fairness as a black woman? Like that hasn't happened for me. So I'm not afraid of it. Um, and I really wish they would try to do some, some different talking points, but it doesn't work. And I don't think he's going to win. I think that Trump is probably going to win. Well, that's good. That is a great way to end the morning show. According to predictor Amber Sherman, Trump is going to win the presidency because of Joe Biden and his support for the Jewish state of Israel. Now, she says that she is a victim of this country, that there is no democracy worth saving because we've never been a democracy, says the woman who took her big old body over the I-240 bridge. I have the photos because she was standing right beside me when she was waving her pro-Hamas flag on the interstate, causing lots of traffic problems, and that's saying it mildly, and was not arrested. Amber, you have rights. I hate to break it to you, but you are not a victim. 
you are actually doing quite well. Because if it would have been a Trump supporter on the I-40 bridge, I can tell you right now, they'd be locked in jail for the rest of their lives. Probably because look how they go after pro-lifers in this country. Look at what they did to those that went to the Capitol on January 6th. They're still in jail. There's no justice there. So Amber Sherman, you do have rights because you should be in handcuffs for obstructing traffic for hours, shutting down the bridge. She's unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. We had a listener write in this question and I wanted to address it. Paul writes this on our Stop Memphis Crime. Does anybody know if Memphis police is prohibited, not allowed to monitor social media sites like Facebook, X, and Instagram to monitor them for criminal activities. The reason he's asking is because a lot of times with these street takeovers and the pro-Hamas march that shut down traffic in and out of our city for hours, that was all information that could have been gathered and harvested on social media. Paul goes on to write, I was recently informed that a judge's consent order prohibits MPD from looking at these social media sites. I thought this pertained only to monitoring political activities. It would seem criminal activities would be exempt from the judge's ruling. I'm very glad he asked this because I watched the city council meeting yesterday and they brought this up to police chief CJ Davis. All of them did. Rhonda Logan, city councilwoman, uh, Dr. Jeff Warren, the crazy crack doctor, quack doctor, excuse me. And he says, Police chief, why aren't we learning about these events that are being shared on social media and stopping them before they stop traffic? And here was that exchange, and I hope it answers Jeff's question. Cut 19. Thank you. Mine's mine's pretty quick. Uh, It's got to do with, I know we can't be monitoring social media because of consent order. Can we ask the uh, Tennessee Highway Patrol to monitor the social media for us and report to us? Or is that illegal too? That is illegal too. So what do we have to do to get this judge to like allow us to do appropriate policing? Uh, and do we need to take that back as a city saying, look what you're doing to us? Yeah. So we do have some flexibility as it relates to social media. It's not that the police department cannot utilize social media at all. It has to be for investigative purposes such as this and not associated with First Amendment rights. So if it's uh, something dealing with protests and things of that nature, of course, we can't monitor uh, social media. But investigative reasons uh, such as this to curtail crime. So we can monitor this. We can monitor people's First Amendment right to get together and uh, do this type of event on the street. Yes, we can. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. All right. So I think that needs to be fixed ASAP if the MPD cannot. And she did talk in the uh, the city council meeting, Police Chief C.J. Davis, about they cannot monitor political activities and then pursue their deputies and resources to investigate. Well, nothing about this and even what happened with the pro-Hamas Palestinian march was political, kind of, but it was criminal. So seems that we need to find the legal loophole and force our way through it to stop this crap. Before we scoot to the end of the show, I did think this was interesting. Wednesday's House Bill 2716 passed the state government committee. This bill concerns our state representative, Justin Pearson, also Justin Jones. If you recall, they were expelled from the state house when they quite literally stormed a, you could call it an insurrection, but for Democrats, that doesn't 
count. Um, and they were barred, expelled from the state legislature. It all went back to city governments. In this case, it went to the Shelby County Commission, and they reinstated him unanimously. Like the Republicans didn't show up, and it wouldn't have mattered. So this bill passing would bar any expelled lawmaker like Justin Pearson from filling a vacancy in the General Assembly. There's also another bill that is very similar to this by Brian Ritchie, a Republican from Maryville, also proposing a constitutional amendment that would stop any expelled General Assembly member like Justin Pearson from qualifying to run for office for the next four years if they are expelled. And here is a little bit of what that sounded like. Here is Representative Johnny Garrett. He proposed the first bill and then a constitutional expert on why they could face some pushback. Take a listen. Cut 16. And if that vacancy is had by an expulsion, then the member that is expelled cannot be reappointed by their local authority. With that, Mr. Chairman, I'll be happy to take any questions. Just to say this to respectfully... Um, I, I think there is some question as to the constitutionality of this bill uh, and would suggest that it would be it would be better served if it was done by constitutional amendment. So we'll be following that very interesting because it's very clear that the Tennessee House GOP not happy with these local governments sending these two race baiting activists back to their their house seats where they assumed and they continue their wrong shenanigans every single day appreciate you joining us on a very busy morning very very uh, uh, moving as you could tell and we'll continue the coverage if we learn any more information we'll get that to you asap we'll see you guys tomorrow morning starting at seven have a great day